0: Five four three two one lift off of the Falcon 9. Falcon 9, clear, clear the towers. Hi I'm Mark Boucher and this is a special edition of the Space Cube Podcast. In this podcast recorded at the Cassie Astro eighteen conference in Quebec City. You'll hear from Jacques Giroux, Business Development Manager, Space and Defense Systems at ABB. Jacques is also the incoming president of CASI, the organizers of the conference. ABB is a large Swiss multinational company with 135,000 employees and revenues of 34.3 billion in 2017. ABB has about 4,000 employees in Canada, but less than 5% of those work in the space segment which is headquartered in Quebec City. And while the space segment is a very small portion of the overall company, it is an important segment, as you'll hear. It's even possible you may not have heard of their efforts in Canada. That's primarily because most of their work is exported. In particular, they are known for their weather satellite sensors, which are being used today on European and U.S. satellites. Some of that technology was developed and leveraged, from past investments the Canadian government made in Canadian science satellite, like CISAT. Welcome Jacques to the SpaceQ Podcast. Thank you, it's my pleasure. Now, uh, you are the chair of the CASI Astro 18 Conference, where we are right now. You're also the incoming president, and this is, from what I understand, the 18th CASI Astronautics Conference, which I believe is the longest running astronautics conference in Canada. Was this conference, uh, what has this conference meant to the space community over the years, and has it changed to meet the current needs of the space community?
1: Okay, so yeah, it's a pretty generic question. So I think it has done a lot. I think ABB as an organization like Cassie a lot for what it's doing. I would say what it what Cassie is bringing is really the you know the, the networking possibility, connecting the people, uh, and then it is doing doing it. For, for really the broad community, not only like industry toward government, you know, um, it's reaching out to, yeah, industry, to government, to academia, uh, it, it touches uh, everybody. And, and when it create events, when it, um, when it uh, supports uh, communications, uh, it is doing it for that, yeah, for that broad um, community. And, and that's really something that I, I feel is is needed in, in a se- sector like space that um, we all need to collaborate. You know, I had a question on the panel regarding collaboration. And, and the response is the same from everybody that uh, this is essential. I truly believe it is. So that's where I, I would say in, in a nutshell that uh, Cassie is playing a strong role.
0: And has is the conference it, changed to meet the needs of the, the uh, community? Y- uh,
1: yes. Uh, well, uh, I think uh, for Cassie, it is important to um, to evolve to follow the needs of its. Uh, I mean, its members. Cassie's is working for its members, for its partners, you know, organization partners, corporate or you know, whatever. Um, so, so. Um, so responding to the need in, in always the best way is something you need to question all the time. So there is within Cassie what is called a strategic planning committee. Um, so as the vice president, you have to run this this committee and it has not, had not been uh, so active in recent years. So when I joined as, as vice president, I, I wanted to get, get it going and, and do the job. So, but I said, that's a good, that's a good job. So, but we realized that, yeah, probably at this point in time, there are things we, we need to do, try to do better. So we're working on that. Um, I think Cassie as an organization is sensitive to this. Um, you know, I don't have specific measures or things that we are looking after, uh, but there, there are things we are considering, like... Uh, you know events the events cassie's are organizing um, we have a sense that uh, that other things other events maybe uh, could be done um, mm-hmm. uh, to to a greater benefits to the to the members so we are looking into that i hope that in the coming not too distant future we will evolve the organization in in, in good ways To uh, to uh, to better support the members, better support the community.
0: When did you become president?
1: I become president this week.
0: This week, okay. So that's what I thought. So this week, and how long a term do
1: you serve as president? So the typical is is two year, two year, two year term. Um, So uh, and well, typically you 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 start by becoming vice president, and you have a two year vice president term, two year. President term and then a two-year past president term. So the whole thing, if you do it all the way, is six years.
0: And then after that, two years advisor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The last two years are probably less demanding. In less a sense. demanding. Yeah. Uh, now, ABB, your company uh,
0: that you work for, is uh, stepped up and is, is playing a big role in uh, in this conference. Is it because uh, it was in Quebec City or?
1: Um, well, that's certainly one of the reasons. Uh, I think for us, the Astro Conference is always a, a good event, an event where we want to participate, we want our, our technical stuff to be presented, but we also, because we are seeing some of our key customers. So we want to be visible, we want to be supportive, we want to be there. Uh, so. We always try to attend in a in a correct and good and, and sensible and sufficient way. so and and definitely, I mean when when it's here, uh, it's sort of written in the sky that you have to be more present and and you and you save on certain things, so you put more on uh, so that that was sort of the approach to to that. Now, uh,
0: in the program, uh, you wrote a welcome letter to everybody. Uh, In it, it said, the space sector in Canada faces many challenges. One of these is to maintain momentum in the face of sustained government spending restraint and intense international competition. Uh, For Canadian space organizations to succeed on a global scale, uh, our industry must significantly significantly be driven by and supported of our uh, domestic space programs. At the same time, we must be positioned to take full advantage of the many and varied opportunities to, that depend on international collaboration. So when I read that statement, one of the things that I gathered from it is that the space community in Canada is facing some difficult challenges domestically. Is it your sense that the government understands this
1: uh, and will actually act this year? Um, okay, so yes. it is. It, my sense is that the government is aware, is is cognizant of, of this. Um, maybe not to the full extent that it should be. I mean, I'm I, I, I'm sure that uh, you know some of the actors within government are very well aware. I think the space sector as a whole has uh, increased its profile within government. It is better known by government in general. Um, so and then uh, you know that was in the discussion this morning. So uh, I believe that uh, we still need to continue on this to uh, to and it's, and it's basically show the show the benefits that the sector brings uh, and to the government, but to the public in general. So I think that's well started. It has to continue in my mind, but. Uh, the, I think the, we we got some good results, and and it's more achieved, you know. That for for those that are aware, they are aware, f- you know, for good maybe, and and then we just need to pursue, maintain the dialogue with those that we could reach to, and then enhance them and, and proceed further. Okay.
0: So, let's now talk about your company, Abb. ABB is a very large multinational company. As a matter of fact, it's larger than than I thought it was when when I went and did the research. I knew it was big. Uh, headquartered in Switzerland, uh, with 135,000 employees globally, and revenues of 34.3 billion. That's a B uh, last year. And uh, I just read the annual report because it just came out. Yeah. Uh, in Canada, you have around 50 offices, I understand, and I believe around 4,000 employees. How many of those are, are working in the, the space segment?
1: <laughs> yeah, so ABB as a whole is not really a space company, that's for sure. So, and I think the the space activities are basically mostly, if not all, within our business unit uh, located here in Quebec City. So, so in Quebec City, we, we have like 250 employees, um, but, but now I think it's, uh, I, one thing I want to say is that we, we should not be seen really as, a, as, a, as a, 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 an individual unit, uh, you know, like doing its own things. We're fully integrated in the world of ABB and, and what we do here in our business unit Uh, a part of that is space a part is non-space is industrial uh, system you know uh, sensing system for industrial applications that's where the fit is best with the rest of what ABV is doing but the space part um, so we had to sort of educate so to speak uh, our company uh, with respect to what it is and what it does uh, but, but we're now really past that. It took some time, but now they really come to, to understand it correctly and appreciate that. Because it, you know what we do, the sort of things we do in space, uh, are like monitoring the environment and all that. And, and they like that a lot because all of the, the motto of ABB is very much about you know, being efficient when you, when you, um, when you produce energy. Um, so that you minimize your impact on environment, or when you—I got would, that
0: sense when I was reading the yeah, document. And
1: it's the same for industrial automation. That's another division. Uh, it's optimizing processes, and again, it's to to you know be efficient and not not uh, be you know not not have detriments to the environment. So when we come with a project where. They, we, uh, where we are monitoring, you know, things like greenhouse gas, so it's sort of closing the loop. On the thing. so they like that a lot. So um, so yeah, so we're we're well integrated, and and then uh, yes, uh, of our of our two hundred and fifty employees, I think I, one thing I should say is probably half of them have to touch the space activities one way or another. So it's it's important within our business unit. Uh, and it's understood by by um, uh, by the company in general. So but uh, the, the fact that you know a given number um, should not really be seen as this is a small company or a small activity. We still are acting as you know one facet of the activities of a large company, and this has good sides. You know, we are, and this has some sort of constraints you know we have to do the things the right way for abb like uh, you know assessing risk on a given thing it's all controlled because mm-hmm. uh, some anything you do you know can have all sorts of effect for a large corporation so so they look at everything very carefully so you need to report on everything so that's a constraint It's more work but but then when it's done you know that everything has been covered uh, and we, we can also use the strength of ABB, ABB is present everywhere, so there's all sorts of resources we can pull from time to time. So it's not because we are a certain number of guys there that there aren't many other that can support us. So it's a small activity in a large company, but... Uh,
0: even though ABB is a very large company, most Canadians won't be aware that you work in the space sector in Canada. So, what are some of the recent products
1: and missions uh, ABB has uh, contributed to? Okay, good. You're, so you're absolutely right that, uh, and and we come to realize that uh, very often that you know we we talk to the people around us and 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 they don't know and it's something we're sort of fighting against. But uh, yeah, making it, it's the point of making publicity around what you do. Uh, So to to, to answer your question, uh, so I'm just going to uh, mention briefly some of the key programs that uh, we have been working on or are working on. Um, So uh, I think a a very important program for us these days is the CRIS program. That's a US um, weather sounding uh, Program So um, in in, uh, weather forecasting, you need typically uh, in terms of optical instrument, two kinds. One that is doing the imagery, what you see, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, cloud pictures and and things like this. And the other one that is called a sounder, that one is deriving profile of of, uh, pressure, humidity and, and water vapor. That's very important characteristics to go into the weather forecasting models. So the new generation of sounders they're using technologies that uh, we have uh, at ABB, So we have been getting into this at the right times for that technology when it was starting to be applied so that we are providing some of the important part of, of, the, of this instrument. Um, and so that's, uh, that's a weather forecasting. So that operational system, uh, very carefully developed, especially in the U.S., um, so long time for development, and then several subsequent units um, being and this produced. Is for NASA and NOAA. That's, yeah, that's for and NASA that, and NOAA. But the
0: first instrument was the first the first Chris instrument was on a European.
1: Uh, no, it was uh, it was on a uh, U.S. Uh, but uh, what was called NPO's Post Preparatory Program NPP was a first. One delivered several years ago. And now it's with the new program, which is the JPSS, JPSS. the joint polar satellite system. Or, yeah. So, so we delivered the first one, and I think there's three or four more to come. Uh, And so we are providing a big part, but a part of the instrument. So we are sort of in advance. We're delivering our things, and they are incorporating with the rest. And it's a critical component. Yeah, yeah. And so the second, Chris. Uh, was launched end of last year, so that's JPSS one, and there will be two, three, four, I think. Right. Yeah, I think that's what I read. Yeah. Before. So that's so altogether since the beginning, if I if we integrate, so we're over a hundred million in revenues for our company just this program. So that's obviously a major uh, major program. Um, we had a similar role also on. Uh, a Japanese uh, uh, mission called GOSAT, so th- that's uh, aiming at measuring greenhouse gases globally for, um, yeah, the the international treaties and all that. So that's Japanese because it's uh, very close to their, you know, it's the Kyoto Protocol that initiated right. that. So they're very they're proactive into this, and again, it's a question of that's the kind of technology. Um, it's based on the same technology so they were keen on having us and we, we did a good job selling selling ourselves so uh, we've got two systems delivered to the Japanese uh, and all of that in a sense and I have to say that um, we got into systems like these uh, because we in the first place did the CISAT mission for the CSA a long time ago Um so that sort of set the stage set the stage uh gave us the credibility for doing things like this. Um, and, and and you know, we r- really feel like all of GoSat, all of Chris, um, are the result of an investment that the CSA did in our company. Um, so it's a good multiplication factor because SciSat was like 20 million when we did it. And it was 15 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so you leverage
0: that. Yeah, a long
1: way, I a think. And way. it's
0: still... And it, will. it could lead to uh, some more Canadian uh, missions down the road, depending on how yeah. things go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I noticed in the conference program that there are five talks being given by ABB uh, employees at the conference. Uh, let's just briefly talk about them. Uh, the first is CASTER, a yeah. proposed flagship astronomy mission. Um, I hadn't heard of it, so
1: okay, what's it all about? Okay, so I don't know a whole lot about CASTOR. Um, that's an astronomy mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have a colleague that's, uh, well, studied in astronomy and is now doing s- similar things as myself, uh, and that is, you know, business development. So he is more covering cases like this. But so what I know is that it's really, you, you, you said it, it's a, its meant to be a flagship. So it's like the astronomy community would like a mission of its own, you know. We put up our own Canadian telescope to do certain things that are not done, um, and 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 there the, the, the denomination of a flagship uh, mission, and 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 in the whole range of things that uh, are being done in astronomy, you know, there are missions that are more targeted uh, observations, and and some that are some that are more like mapping and so like looking at the cosmos in a general way so it's more of that kind of mission that it would be um, looking in a in a wavelength range of the you know the electromagnetic spectrum that is not currently being looked at and that is the uv so it's it's a mission that would be like looking everywhere what is what what are the emissions um in the, from the, 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 you know, the cosmos in general, uh, how does it look like in the UV and what can we, uh, can we learn from that? And there is an aspect that is, you know, maybe we, we don't know what we'll, we will find because we have, this has never been observed, but there are also certain very specific and that's not my field. So I don't know, but like dark energy and these Art. sort of things that they, I think uh, are to be addressed by, by a mission like this. So. I mean, uh, it's, it's just a concept uh, at this point. Yeah, we'll see
0: if yeah, uh, yeah. If, if something comes of it. Um, so the second one that I noticed was, uh, and I had uh, seen, I think uh, ABB had recently gotten a feasibility study on this or completed one, yeah. the Coastal Ocean Color Imager payload, um, mm-hmm. and this is uh, the instrument would be capable of providing hyperspectral imagery data. For science applications in coastal oceans, estuaries, and inland water bodies, this is uh, an instrument that would be on NASA's future uh, Plankton Aerosol Cloud Ocean yep. Ecosystem, or PACE yep. mission. So, um, why is this instrument important, and how is it that ABB might be providing it?
1: Okay, so so you are right that we uh, we have been uh, supporting the CSA for uh, study to. Uh, for that it started as a, something that was called WaterSat. so in a, a study to look at the purely canadian mission uh, there is really a strong interest in the community to you know monitor the coastal waters and the, there's a lot of issues and and obviously the department for fisheries and ocean mm. is maybe the, is the lead one but there are many others i was surprised by by that like uh, for health issues and all that. Many departments are, are interested by this. Um, so we did all that um, and, and then uh, and we also supported so that at some point uh, there was an, it, it became apparent that there was an opportunity to, to join an existing mission uh, of NASA and complement it because on the NASA side it's more it's more the global ocean monitoring right. And then it's the, the the objective is a bit different. You don't look at the same spatial resolution, but you want to monitor the whole ocean. So so it's really complementary to the to the PACE mission. So that was a nice fit. Um, so we did also that part. So the the study shifted toward being like a hosted uh, contribution to to this to the U.S. mission. And that's going uh, forward. So PACE is going forward, and that's the that's the. Uh, sad <laughs> fact, in a sense, because we would have had to. So it's not looking good as the right now as uh, uh, that the Canadian contribution could go ahead, because we would have had to really commit. And the ultimate deadline was really this year. And we are and we, we we were not able to, uh, because of the you know the lack of funds. The whole issue that. To go we won't what do we do know? That again. The, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so um, so the hopes are, are very small that. Uh, you Although know, that's a
0: it's an interesting thing in that, uh, I mean obviously this is a Earth observation instrument that goes straight at uh, uh, the environment, yeah. which is an important issue
1: for the government. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. It's a, uh, so I would think that it's in a sense probably meant to come back maybe later on when in, in better days but then uh, so to the other aspect of your question was you know why EPP and that uh, and and that's uh, you know so I mentioned some of the technologies we're we're good at and that are we have a good reputation we're selling that so as a, as a corporate organization you always want to expand you know do more. And then the natural things is look at what are other close-by technologies. Uh, so going into imagery um, and hyperspectral imagery was a sort of natural one. So so for a certain number of years now, we have been developing in that area. And and uh, and it's uh, for a good reason. We, we think that this is meant to become... There will be more and more hyperspectral missions. There are so many needs that would be supported by that. Um, it may be in government missions. It may be in commercial missions. Um, so but start, so we're know? trying to we're trying to be prepared, and so yeah. I think we will be prepared once something real really comes up. So you, know,
0: you saw an opportunity. It fit in with uh, yeah. the technology development that you're yeah. able to do. And so yeah. when it comes around, you'll be ready. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm That's curious, though, uh, with uh, this particular uh, instrument, what would have the, if you can tell me, the uh, instrument cost, Would what would that have been? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always into the numbers.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I have something that I can really say uh, because we were looking at various uh, That's okay. Various scenarios, and it's. Uh, yeah, no, it's. Uh,
0: <laughs> it's That's uh, fine. So, uh, continuing on the theme of Earth observation instruments, uh, ABB is currently developing the infrared calibration sources for all the new generation of European infrared weather forecasting space instruments to do some research on that. My understanding is these calibration sources for the instruments will also help in long-term climate studies. Can yes. you explain how this will uh, help with uh, long-term climate studies?
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah. So in general, you know, the climate studies, so we say uh, global warming. So, and it's basically, if you would try to express it in simple terms, it's really like average temperature, is increasing so you're really trying to measure the the temperature very accurately well the average temperature very accurately and see that it is rising um uh, so and and they want to improve the, the quality of this assessment so so then you are at temperature has to be assessed very precisely now that's the whole point of when you're observing the infrared spectrum um, you can get the, the temperature uh, out of that, but you have to have your the accuracy and and the um, the um, uh, you know in absolute terms have the the right answer for the temperature, and the, and there is a there are ways to do that. So uh, it's called you know black bodies uh, that produce a radiation that you can very well characterize. The ter- theory of that is is well done, and you can get the right number for temperature by a measurement of the, of the infrared spectrum uh, so it's like on board of the, the systems you put a reference source that provides you an infrared radiation that you can rely upon to, to say the measurement I'm making of the atmosphere I tie it to this reference that I can really tie again to standards you know right. NIST standard or whatever and that's so. So that's the whole thing. So it's something that you have to develop very carefully. But then, uh, uh, that's what it provides.
0: Now, with these instruments, uh, how many instruments are we talking about, and how many uh, weather satellite?
1: Yeah. So all, all all together, because we are supporting the systems that will be in geostationary orbit, and the one that will be in polar orbit, and in in all in both cases. There are, as I think I mentioned before, there are instruments that are doing imagery and instruments that are doing sounding. They both have a part of their uh, spec- the spectrum they are covering in the infrared, so they both need calibration. So on each of them, they need you need sources. So when you, when, if I do the whole count, it's like 15 different calibration systems. That will be placed on nine different satellites. Okay. In in some cases, the imager and the sounder that are on the same satellite, and in some, it's they're on different satellites. Right. So that's why the count is. But uh, to me, it's a, v- a very good achievement because it's really all the new generation weather system for Europe will mm. be with our our. Uh,
0: now is that work being done mostly here
1: in Canada? Or yes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. The that's design. The yeah in 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 the case of the MeteoSat sector generation we have a partner but what i what i'm referring referring to that abb is doing it's being done here in Quebec city now who is the
0: european organization it's uh, is it the european commission esa
1: it's, or it's uh, so the the uh, customer is esa but esa is doing it for the European uh, weather agency that's called UMEDSAT.
0: UMEDSAT, okay, that's what I was trying to... Yeah, so that's
1: like the end user. The end
0: user, right, okay. And I suppose since ABB itself companies in Switzerland. It really didn't matter if it was in Canada because you have the you already have the European tie.
1: Uh, but yeah, but uh, it it did matter. Oh, it did because. Um, did you go through the
0: ISA cooperation agreement between Canada? and
1: No, no. Okay. <laughs> we could. I mean, we tried, but we couldn't. And and basically, it's not. Um, you know, because because it's for weather systems over Europe. Um, um, of course, it, it's not it, in
0: benefit to Canadians.
1: Not this, not directly. Not directly. Yeah. So, so uh, it's hard for CSA to justify putting money in this program. So, typically, so and 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 it's what well, it's the case. There's no no CSA money put to ESA for this program. Right now, we were able to get into that, and that's why I was mentioning a partner because we're we're working with a Swiss company, and and by doing that. We're helping them being involved in the program, and ISA was pretty keen on having that. So they want to involve, uh, in, increase contribution from Switzerland, and so we were helping that to happen. So then they, we sort of got a free, <laughs> a free uh, access to the program because you know we're getting funds here, mm-hmm. but our country is not putting money, and that's in, in right. general not the rule yeah. of ISA. Yeah. But it's one of those cases where they have sort of no choice and and we're helping some of their other aspects. Good. It's a good thing for
0: ABB in Canada. Yeah, (laughs) I think so. ABB has been working on space situational awareness payload development to help with the problem of space debris. What can you tell me about your efforts
1: there? Um, Okay, so that's another area I was mentioning, you know, in terms of technology. We're trying to expand somewhat the, the scope of the things things we do. So, so a lot of the, um, the needs uh, in this area, space situational awareness, are done, are covered by optical instrumentation. So it's something we definitely can do. Um, but it's a matter of preparing for what is exactly the requirement that you will have to support. So so we we saw that need developing, it's, and it's the case in Canada. It's the case elsewhere also. Um, and there are people thinking of maybe doing it commercially also in a commercial initiative. So it's another, just one uh, other case where, you know, as a company, you, you try to be aware of, of the needs, the evolving uh, evolution on the needs, and prepare for that. So it's just another area where we... Have been preparing our technology so that, again, when missions come, we hope to be able to respond to that. So it's just another case like this. And space situational awareness (SSA),
0: just for the our, my, the audience, um, definitely something that's on uh, everybody's radar. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, we uh, we had a workshop here on Monday that was uh, that, that dealt with uh, a lot of that. Uh, area so um, tomorrow uh, ABB is going to host a tour of your new 85,000 square foot uh, measurement and analytics facility uh, tell me a little about the features of this new facility and
1: what it means for ABB and its abil- ability to uh, deliver products okay yeah so so we moved to this new facility um, in 2015. In the fall of 2015 it was really in response to a, a real need we had we were sort of growing the activity and our building was not large enough and not well configured for the sort of things we we um, we were doing so uh, so the decision was made to to go to a new building that would be just for for us uh and 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 built to our specification so so we were able to Get more space, um, and that's to cover the, the both sides of our activities. So this, the things we do in space and in defense, and the things we do in industrial applications. Um, so so we got ourselves more space uh, by a good factor, but also uh, the, an amount of space that is uh, we can use more efficiently, uh, and it's it's much more uh, modern um, and and well. Designed so the office space, like for example, is really the modern way of doing that with the large areas where you you uh, you you share the light with all your colleagues, and uh, and, and you can work collaboratively very efficiently. Uh, in terms of the infrastructure, it's we're it's much better. We got a significant improvement in in our um, facilities for doing space stuff. Uh, we now have uh, eight different clean rooms in our all clean room facility. Um, we do instruments, so the clean rooms they they, they have to be, uh, you know, the size of like bedroom, something like this. We were not uh, integrating uh, spacecraft, so so. Um, but but sometimes some of our instrument can be quite big, but. Um, but we have eight of them so that we can support several different programs going at the same time Uh, that's uh, that's uh, very good so uh, and then ordinary lab space and uh, all the all the facilities a lot of additional equipment Um, you know we have obviously a lot of optical equipment to do all the testing you can imagine on, on optical instrument and we also took the opportunity to buy a larger thermal vacuum chamber you know we were moving into the new building before you do everything you know get get that one and it's a a big thing to get it inserted Mm -hmm. in the building so do it right now Uh, so that was done before we move so um so yeah so it's a big improvement and i think we like our new facility a lot Uh, i have heard one complaint sorry i have heard one complaint oh really yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> lighthearted complaint you're not next to all the good restaurants
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes that's true that's true right? yeah and it was a nice feature of where we were before because we were downtown like, Quebec City and so you could go outside and walk five minutes and within five minutes you could have like dozens of, of good restaurants but productivity has gone up now yeah <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah so it's we're in in uh, and we were the first company to get there that's meant to be a new innovation park mm-hmm. uh, called the uh, Michelin innovation uh, park and um, and now there has been two new well there's a, a new building that has opened, that was opened and then a new one is is uh, near nearly finishing construction and will open soon. It's meant to become like a place where it's it's a lot of the high-technology companies. Sort of like uh, so, the next city's little cluster. Yeah, something like that. It's sort of the idea. Was it supported
0: by the government uh, incentives? Uh,
1: no, not nothing specific. I guess it's more more of a... Well, it's, it's supported by the city, but uh, I don't know in terms of incentives. Um, there's, it's also a, a purely commercial initiative, I think, of promoter that decided. And if business goes uh, well, um, are you able to expand in this facility? Yes, we are. It's been so, so, so I think we had, uh, we had space to expand both the uh, industrial uh, product production uh, and the space business on the industrial side. It's already, it's the growth is, is good. And our GM is doing a lot at, at, at uh, expanding, getting new products uh, from uh, needs within ABB or outside. But uh, that's happening, and then we in the space business are sort of asked to keep pace <laughs> with what they are trying to do. So we're trying to develop as well. So and and yes, we have the we have the we are not yet at. Uh, full capacity, there's still room to to do more, but then it was conceived in a way that we, we know how we can expand and then then the possibility exists. Within the same innovation yeah. part. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I have a couple more questions, just a few. Um, I read somewhere that ABB has also been involved recently in AI in, in Montreal. Uh, what is ABB doing with AI and, and does it have any uses in the space sector?
1: Okay, so uh, so that's right, that's a, that's a, a popular topic and subject, um, uh, so right now I think the initiative is really focused toward some of the non-space, the, the regular activities of ABB, uh, either in automation or in power production, I'm not too sure exactly the, the details. Um, so that that was the motivation for that. Um, uh, I think uh, so. It, it's something that Abb, the, the corporation as a whole, is very serious about. And then we are fortunate in Canada that really the the, the, the group decided to invest in our country. Um, so that so because it, it's, it will be R and D done here. Um, so, so, so I think that's all good. Uh, but then in terms of doing something with that in space, I think we will definitely look at that. It's something that we really feel, feel strongly about, that there are certain technologies in, within ABB uh, we could be using to, to do more in space. And, and we have started to, to do that a little bit. But uh, and, and we see... Several things that we could we could we could be using, and that's one of them. But we're not there yet, to be honest. So, okay. so we'll let them go, master right. that, and maybe then see. Uh, now
0: I'm curious. Um, Element AI was given a contract by the Canadian Space Agency to explore yeah uh, the AI question for space. Yeah. Were you? Did you participate in that study? Did they contact
1: uh, you? Not really. Uh, when this came out, we had, we looked at that, um, uh, and and figured it was so. And and we had a little bit of discussions. Maybe we have. We and there has been some discussions with partners. Um. So so I think the 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 assessment on our side was more that. Uh, It may be premature for us and we would have a hard time fitting the specific objectives of the the call, but it's definitely something we will keep on monitoring and see how things evolve and we'll see if if that's a a place where we can play later on.
0: Anything else about ABB that you're doing that we should be aware of? or did I actually cover everything?
1: Yeah, you have covered pretty much, uh, pretty much everything. Um, I think we're we're uh, we're uh, we're happy about how things are going. Um, I think one one thing that uh, um, you know we uh, that is important for us and that we are trying to make sure that the the the, the government understands that is you know the whole thing that of what I mentioned before. Uh, of what we we uh, we are doing or have been doing, um, with the, the investment in our company from from the, the government in space, um, we really feel that there are many other areas where we can do that. And 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 uh, no matter how you take the problem, even if you want to address it commercially or in a government program, all the time you need to have a reasonable. Demonstration and and uh, of of your capability, and the expectation is always that uh, you have done that locally, and and so uh, so so there is a need, and I think every actor in the space sector is saying that of that the government has to play, um, and I think that's just the general question of what we are saying that. Uh, you know, collectively, we need to, the sector, we need our government to understand the importance of the sector.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting because, as you say, Sylvain, earlier you said, Sylvain uh, Laporte, the president of the Canadian Space Agency, did a talk today earlier and uh, was quite candid yeah. discussing uh, the way they, what they've heard, the issues. Um, and was uh, very uh, specific in saying that, you know, we're moving on, uh, we're moving forward. Uh, We did receive money last year and the year before for certain things. Uh, But I think uh, even with that, I think uh, I'm still hearing from, like you say, some of the actors, uh, primarily industry, that, uh, you know, there needs to be, uh, if you will, uh, get off the sidelines and, and get yeah. back into the game a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, and I, I I'm supportive of that. I think I, I share this view. I think it's the, it's the the long term view, you know, a, a strategy and a long term view for space from the government, so that uh, as a company you can plan for that, prepare and plan, and and then. Um, take, you know, take whatever can be done, and, and, and leverage it, and then export, and, and, and spin off, and do all these things that I think that, uh, we can reasonably expect from from activities. You get to give the multiples, and yeah, yeah, yeah
0: and, and Monsieur Laporte uh, has said, and I'm, I see no reason to disagree with him, that there are the government has heard. And there are uh, people who are listening. Uh, might not be all the right ones, but you know. Yeah. So I. We will see where it goes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: So uh, my last question, uh, non-ABB uh, related or Cassie related, is uh, which I ask all my guests now is. Uh, uh, if you have the time, uh, what books are you reading now and that you like, whether it's fiction or nonfiction?
1: Okay, yeah. So I, I need to think about that carefully because I just want to re- reference it correctly. So it's a it's a book about music that the the title is uh, "The Rest Is Noise" by Alex Ross, and and that's uh, uh, "The Rest Is Noise: Listening to the 20th Century." So it's it's a very interesting book because it's it's about music, but all the relation with the develop, what's happening in the world, okay. and it's the 20th century. So the so starting 19, you know, zero zero yeah. uh, to the end of the of the uh, of the 20th century, that's, that's and uh, and that it's explaining.
0: A wide, uh... Yes,
1: and it's it's more like. Um, the evolution more on the classical music side uh, but you know how it has evolved you know um, and and uh, and how it was also driven by events happening in, in that period and so I'm a big fan of music a big consumer of music of various kinds so classical is one kind uh, I, I think I tend to consume more you know rock music or rock, but various kinds I'm really well, a like hip-hop um, maybe less hip-hop or pop. Uh, more, I'm a guy of rock music and uh, even today, the is more... There a,
0: is there a decade that you like?
1: Um, or just all? Just all. Just all. I'm not the guy that, uh, you know, uh, would stick to the music I was listening when I was in university, you know. Now I continue listening music all the time. Do you, um, do you still buy CDs or do you do it digital uh, all digital now. All digital. you know when, when the, the thing like uh, you know so I'm on a, not to make a publicity but Apple Music um, when I when I got my you, you know signed, signed yeah, up signed yeah. up for that uh, you know I was like a, like a, kid the in a yeah exactly that's the expression I was <laughs> It's because it's like you know you can go and you want to listen to uh, you know name it and you just go and you have it there's only a few um, uh, they don't
0: have everything but I'm also a subscriber yeah and uh, it, the choices can be overwhelming yeah yeah but it, uh, what the one thing that does worry me uh, with, with that which same thing with the business model that I'm in is that uh, you know are the artists getting compensated enough
1: yeah yeah.
0: they have to make a living and yeah that's uh, true uh, it's that's uh, true. Uh, you know uh, at uh, $10 a month and you have access to
1: the full library yeah, on Apple. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's great it's for the a, consumer. Yeah, it's great for the consumer. Okay.
0: Well, thank you, Jacques, for being on, on the Space Cube podcast. I hope in the future we get a chance to talk and see uh, what's new with ABB and Cassie.
1: Thank you very much. It was a pleasure.
0: Well, that's a wrap on this episode of the Space Cube podcast. If you like this show, please support us on Patreon. The address is patreon.com/spaceq. We really appreciate feedback, and to help us, we ask you consider to write a review on Apple Podcast or Google Play Music if you're so inclined. If you have any comments on this episode, you can email me at podcast podcast@spaceq.ca or you can post them on our website at spaceq.ca where you'll find an archive of each episode. If you send me a comment by email, I'll write back to you as soon as I can. On Twitter, you can follow us, at Canada in Space. And if you use Facebook, you can find all our articles and links to the podcast on our page, The Space queue If you like the show, please subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app.